0: Are you ready for the end of the world?
1: Um, do I have to be? <laughs>
0: Hopefully not yet.
1: <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the end of the world? Not you're, quite. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. I forgot to wake up. I'm already awake. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit on your community radio inside your ears.
0: In your community.
1: <laughs> In your community. Um, I did want to throw out that there is a community dinner free tonight at Irma Hayes Center from 4 to 6 p.m. before I forget about it. Yeah. But, um, this first happening or news always got me electric cars are better than gas cars when it comes to emissions a study says, hmm. well, finally we know that, yeah, that a hundred thousand cars pollute less than a hundred thousand cars plugged into electricity at a power plant. <laughs> Now, of course, if those electric are solar-powered, but we're talking straight-up regular power. Mm-hmm. For years, people have debated a burning question. Are electric vehicles actually better for the environment than their gas-powered rivals, even in the regions where a lot of electricity comes from coal? We've heard from the naysayers. We've heard from the sayers. A new study from the Union of Concerned Scientists which compared the greenhouse gas emissions of electric and gas vehicles from cradle to grave offers another vote in the yes column.
0: Yeah, now I know we've discussed this before because, as it says, there have been some yeas and some nays about this, but.
1: I don't know if we've discussed it more like debated it. Debated it, yeah. <laughs> argued it because it's. But, you know, facts help.
0: Yeah, facts do help in any debate. Well, in any good, honest debate.
1: <laughs> I mean, the average electric car in the U.S. produced pollution similar to that of a gas vehicle that gets 68 miles to the gallon. Yeah. So very similar. <laughs> so, I mean, there's no comparison. Yeah. They're completely similar. Oh, Where...
0: yeah, doesn't every car get 68 miles to the gallon? <laughs> no, we're not living in that future yet. <laughs> but if it's an electric, even even if it's not running on great fuels, if it's electric, it's getting... Averaging about 68 miles per gallon.
1: It actually cuts emissions by 60% when compared to an average gas-powered car. Electric vehicles provided the most pollution reduction in places rich in renewable energy, like upstate New York. Wait a second. Hmm. Upstate New York is rich in renewable energy?
0: (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Isn't that where,
1: like, there's a lot of snow?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of snow. So, I, I wonder where they are. I wonder if they've got solar or wind or what, but they've got something up there.
1: And the least, of course, in central U.S. states like Kansas. Yeah, they didn't say Midwest. They said <laughs> Central. Yeah, that re- that still rely heavily on coal to produce electricity. Why does it say Kansas and not Illinois? Yeah, in Illinois, we have the most coal plants of any state. I'm 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 proud to say that.
0: Yeah, I think we were. I looked at the map in the, with this article, and I think we were in mm-hmm. the lowest efficiency zone because of all the coal that Illinois uses. Uh, I mean, it's still better than most cars. It, was, it skews the averages because, like, in New York, it was something like 100 miles per gallon. But then in our area, if you're running in electric, it was more like 38, 39, 40, which is still better than a lot of cars, but it's not as dramatic.
1: Now, if you would like to actually figure it out, you plug in this online tool by putting your zip code in, and it'll tell you. If you would like that helpful online tool, please send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and I will send you that link. Yeah. On a national level, electric vehicles emit less than half the greenhouse gases that comparable gas vehicles do, even when you take the additional pollution created during the electric vehicle manufacturing process into account, according to the study. Yeah. Boy, you get to take that out because most of the studies I've seen have directly just compared them. Yeah. Now they're actually comparing cradle to grave.
0: Yeah, which is a much more realistic comparison.
1: And I mean, because electric vehicles themselves will last a lot longer, you know, than a gas engine ever will. Yeah. So, you know, even that is even better. Um,
0: I like, too, how they point out at the end here that. as electricity becomes cleaner, so will electric cars. So we're living here in the Midwest. There's a lot of coal use. So our electric vehicles are only moderately better than the gas-powered vehicles. But then 10, 20 years from now, when we have more renewables in our system, our electric vehicles, we won't have to do anything. I like
1: what you said. More renewables in our system. It's <laughs> yeah. like you put...
0: Get, you mainline the, <laughs> the <to> solar. <laughs> 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 yeah. So it's it's if you buy an electric vehicle now, then... 10, 20 years from now, it's just going to get more efficient with you doing or nothing.
1: Or you just get an electric vehicle and a solar system to go with it.
0: Yeah. You
1: That's, know? I mean. Not uh, on the roof, but on the house. I mean.
0: Yeah. If you don't want to wait for the whole Midwest to catch up to the whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can get a- ahead of the game.
1: Well, ahead of, ahead of the game. Yes. The game of saving the world.
0: Yes. And what are we saving the world from these days? Well, here we have a major Greenland glacier is collapsing. It must be a day ending in Y. <laughs> a major glacier in Greenland that holds enough water to raise global sea levels by half a meter has begun crumbling into the North Atlantic Ocean, scientists say. The huge Zakariye Istraum glacier in northeast Greenland started to melt rapidly in 2012 and is now breaking up into large icebergs where the glacier meets the sea, monitoring has revealed. The calving of the glacier, it's funny, like, it's like it's giving birth, the like calving, like having a calf, a baby calf. Uh, so, the calving of the glacier into chunks of floating ice will set in train a rise in sea levels that will continue for decades to come, the U.S. team warns. Quote, even if we have some really cool years ahead, we think the glacier is now unstable, said Jeremy Mo- Moguino of the University of California, Irvine. Quote, now that this has started, it will continue until it retreats to a ridge about 30 kilometers or 19 miles back, which could stabilize it and perhaps slow that retreat down.
1: A 19 mile long chunk of ice.
0: Yeah. So that's one of the consequences of global warming. We, we often draw it on charts and graphs as this sort of smooth increase in sea levels, smooth increase in temperatures. But sometimes you get breaking points like that. Oh, this glacier is starting to break up.
1: Well, the records revealed that from 2002 to 2014, only 12 years, the area of the glacier's floating shelf shrank by a massive 95%, according to a report in the journal Science. The glacier has now become detached from a stabilizing sill and is losing ice at a rate of 4.5 billion tons a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, And the issue is it was setting on land, and the issue is if it was setting on land and it melts, that will raise sea levels. Yeah. If it's an iceberg that's in the water, it's already raised the sea level because of its mass.
0: Yeah. The analogy, the helpful analogy is like if a glass of water with ice cubes in it, if the ice cubes are already in it and they melt, the glass isn't going to if overflow. If they're floating in it. But yeah. But if
1: they're setting on the bottom and they're stacked up, yeah. then they're actually – looks like they're stand, sitting on land, right? Yeah. So, um, we just had veterans day. Every person should have one day that people think about them.
0: Yeah. At least one day, maybe 365 days for some people, but (laughs) at least one day.
1: Now, one industry has been thinking about the veterans a lot. The push to employ veterans in the solar industry. Veterans know firsthand the dangerous, dangerous challenge that come from fossil fuel dependence. And many are choosing to help the country transition to a clean energy economy when they return home. In this article let's Yeah, this article. See. I'm trying to see who the guy's name is because it's, it's written from a personal point of view.
0: Yeah. yeah, uh, let's see. Kevin Kevin Johnson, it's got it at the bottom. Okay. He's he's a veteran himself who wrote this article.
1: As a veteran, Kevin Johnson personally knows the high cost we pay in blood and resources to secure oil supplies. From protecting desert fuel convoys to keeping international shipping lanes open for oil tankers. The U.S. military is the largest national consumer of fossil fuels and is most vulnerable to global price shocks that cut into already shrinking budgets. This is why the Department of Defense is pushing to end its fossil fuel dependency. There's even an upcoming documentary on the effect called The Burden. In 2014, he deployed as an army captain to Iraq located uh, 150 miles north of Baghdad and the city is home to Iraq's largest oil refinery which accumulated more than a quarter of the country's refining capacity. His tour in Iraq was served in the shadow of endless oil fires from 2004 to 2007 the city was a known stronghold for Sunni militias who siphoned oil and petroleum products to finance their operations. Ten years later it's as though he is now reliving history as ISIS forces and the Iraqi army continue to battle control of the refinery.
0: Yeah, that's one interesting thing that people often don't think about with these conflicts is if you're in an oil rich area, they're often actually battling to get the oil refinery so they could use it and sell it.
1: It's, it's almost like um, a movie yeah. that I saw once. Do you know what movie I'm talking
0: about? Oh, which movie was that?
1: I can't remember. What it's called. <laughs> it was like the post-apocalyptic oil man.
0: Oh yeah, I think I saw that. Was that was that Jughead?
1: Uh, no, um, I don't know. There's there there. People are gonna have to call in and tell me. Cause <laughs> my brain really wants to know what this movie is called. Yeah, it's, if you know it's, this it's film, it's gangs of like people in cars and they're fighting over oil. Oh yeah. So
0: was it Mad Max? Yes it was. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't it is kinda of like Mad Max. But we're heading in that direction.
1: So thankfully many veterans ranging from privates to general officers are returning from war with a commitment to securing our nation's energy future and combating the impacts of climate change. The Solar Energy Industry Association has recognized the tremendous value and skills that veterans bring to the solar industry as such they and member companies have made a commitment to employing 50,000 veterans in the solar industry by 2020
0: yeah i like this idea cuz it's it's often when you're solving environmental problems you can solve social problems as well we as a nation tend to undervalue and underappreciate veterans who are returning and they sometimes end up Without healthcare, without housing, and if they have a nice solar job to go to.
1: Well, part of it is the fact that they did highly skilled things in the Army, but those skills don't translate over into, you know. Non-armed forces.
0: Yeah. Like if you've been taught how to operate a tank, for example, there's <laughs> probably not going to be a, a civil job for you in that. And but it's, you've got a lot of technical knowledge right. that you could apply to another yeah. technical Basically field.
1: Basically, it's highly skilled. I mean, we have the same thing here in southern Illinois with coal miners. Yeah. Highly educated, highly skilled, unemployed people. Yeah. And so... Um, that's part of why I do my solar classes.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and that's one thing that I, I will say this. That's one thing that's often underappreciated about coal workers, coal miners, is that it is a highly skilled job. People often think of it as like the 1800s. They're just going in there with shovels, you know. No, it's but it's a lot of it's machines. advanced machinery. And so sometimes with retraining, you can take those technical skills and apply them to other industries like solar or any other renewables.
1: According to a 2014 report from the Solar Foundation and Operation Operation Free, the U.S. solar industry employed 13,192 veterans. The number represents 9.2% of all solar workers in the nation, greater than the percentage of veteran employment in any other industry greater than the percentage of veteran employment in the economy overall. These workers bring to the table sharp leadership skills and rigorous technical training that helps them because the solar industry is growing by leaps and bounds. It's You have to be constantly on your feet with the newest technology and the newest knowledge. So. Yeah.
0: Um. He also points out the, this author that veterans are uniquely positioned to understand the urgent need to move away from fossil fuels as a main source of energy. Adapting our country to a clean energy economy will lessen the geopolitical and security risks of our, our military faces on a daily basis and create valuable jobs for our servicemen and women when they return home. Now, this is one of those things where I know about the relationship between fossil fuels and war, but for me, it's an intellectual thing. I've never actually been sent off to fight in a war. But if you're spending those years, you know, like he was describing, where they're battling over oil refineries and burning oil, then it really must emphasize for you, oh, why don't we switch to clean energy? We won't have to fight these wars anymore. We'll have a cleaner planet. We'll have good jobs for people.
1: And I mean, this guy is not just talking out of his other hole. (laughs) He is actually the managing director of federal business development for Canadian Solar, and he's also the recipient of the White House Champions of Change Award and is a fellow at the Truman National Security Project. So, talking it, walking it, doing it. Yeah.
0: All right, here we go. Another news Controversial Climate Fund scrambles to fund its first projects. The main fund to help the world's poorest cope with climate change cleared an obstacle last week after an all-night negotiating session in Zambia, settled on the first projects to receive $363 million. These projects include campaigns to build Peruvian wetlands, provide off-grid solar in East Africa, and expand Malawi's extreme weather warning system. Now, if you sign up for the newsletter info at yourcommunityspirit.org, or if you go to insideclimatenews.org, they've got some pretty detailed descriptions of these projects. But we've got a bit of an overview here. The Green Climate Fund's job is to eventually deliver tens of billions of dollars promised to the poor nations and is key to achieving a global agreement at climate talks in Paris next month. Many developing countries have warned that they will not sign off any deal without substantial aid from wealthy countries. So this is part of what we've talked about in previous weeks, where you have these developed nations who have profited economically from all of the fossil fuel use, and these developing nations who are suffering the consequences— So they're setting up this fund in order to help these developing nations deal with the
1: consequences. So you mean we're rich because we're, like, dumping pollution on other people?
0: It could be. (laughs) Yes, I would say so. I mean, imagine how our nation would have developed if we hadn't been using fossil fuels. We'd still be living in, uh, I don't know, we wouldn't be living in skyscrapers, that's for sure. They wouldn't exist.
1: Now, the interesting thing is... is the pledges have fallen short of the goal of $100 billion per year. So far, the commitments do total only about $10.2 billion. <laughs>
0: yeah. So even though they're really far short of their goal, they've got $10.2 billion. That's at least enough to start.
1: <laughs> now in the law. Peabody Settlement shows muscle of law named... Now aimed at Exxon. Pulling the same legal levels as those involved in its climate change investigations of Exxon mobile, the New York state attorney general's office obtained an agreement from coal giant Peabody energy to end misleading statements and disclosed risks associated mm. with global warming.
0: Yeah. I wish I had the song queued up. I fought the law and the law one. It's like, I fought the law and the law one.
1: Peabody energy has a responsibility to be honest, with investors and the public about the risks posed by climate change. New York Attorney General Eric T. Schneiderman said in announcing the settlement with Peabody on Monday, other fossil fuel companies must embrace the same obligation.
0: (laughs) Well, they're going to have to hire a whole new staff if they're going to be honest now. (laughs) Their (laughs) current staff doesn't know how.
1: The agreement calls for Peabody to make more detailed disclosures to investors about the financial risks the company faces from any future changes in policies and regulations associated with climate change and other environmental issues that could reduce demand for its product. So basically it's saying climate change is going to affect our company Therefore, we have to be honest to our stockholders. Yeah. It's not saying we should do anything about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, but just might, a, it, they know. need to admit to their stockholders, yeah, your stock value might go down because people are going to divest.
1: <laughs> the settlement concludes. Now, the company does not face any fines or other penalties.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's got to be part of why they agreed to this settlement is they're like, all right, we will agree to this. Don't fine us, please.
1: <laughs> now, the settlement concludes a two-year investigation into which state prosecutors found that Peabody had not been upfront with investigators investigators with investors probably the investigators too yeah and regulators about threats to its business about climate change issues concerns the company considered behind closed doors quote the case represents an unprecedented first step in the critical work of forcing coal and other fossil fuel companies to start being honest about the damage they are doing to our planet, the New York's Attorney General said in a prepared statement. I believe that full and fair disclosures by Peabody and other fossil fuel companies will lead investors to think long and hard about the damage these companies are doing to our planet, end quote. So so basically they have to be honest that they are... (laughs) They don't have to be honest that they're polluting. They just have to be honest that if regulations come in place, it will affect their business model. Yeah. And therefore, they need to be, you know, that they're being prepared for these things, but they need to let their investors know that, you know, the value might go down because, you know, they're no longer wanted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, this is I hope this isn't all the action they're going to take against Peabody and Exxon. I mean, I,
1: well, I think it is. I mean, after <clears few> two <throat> years of investigation, they're basically saying you have to quit lying now and it's to be honest.
0: Yeah. I would like to see at the very least like what they did for the tobacco industry, where the tobacco industry had to actually pay for ads saying we lied about the health implications of our products. We want you to know now that this is a dangerous product. So, they could do that with Peabody and Exxon and say, we lied about the safety of, of burning coal. We want you to know from our mouth that we are actually endangering you with climate change. <laughs>
1: That'll probably be the next step. Yeah. I mean, um, so, I mean, they won against Peabody. Now they're going, you know, after ExxonMobil. Because ExxonMobil, that's an actual criminal case. Because, I mean, they've known for years. Yeah. And they actively fought against it. And so...
0: Yeah, like Peabody may not have actually been doing scientific research. I don't know for sure one way or the other, but Exxon back, you know, decades ago was doing scientific research that demonstrated that global warming was happening and was a threat, and they chose to fund opposition to that. (laughs) So we will definitely follow that story as it develops. But in the meantime, it's good at least that they're going to have Peabody be honest now. uh, That's sort of a baseline, like don't lie about what you're doing.
1: (laughs) But if you make a lot of money... Yeah. Okay. Well, don't lie to your investors, at least, because they will not like you.
0: Yeah. That's actually why they were probably so eager to get them to agree to this, because lying to the public, that's one thing, but lying to investors, oh, that's a serious crime.
1: (laughs) Today happens to be World Kindness Day and National Indian Pudding Day. So be kind and make me some Indian pudding. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever had Indian pudding.
0: Yeah. Also coming up, we have operating room nurse day, uh, world diabetes day. Sunday is clean your refrigerator day. I've actually cleaned mine pretty recently, but it doesn't hurt to check again. And America recycles day and national philanthropy day.
1: Also have a party with your bear day. <laughs> Homemade Bread Day, Take a Hike Day, and World Peace Day. So this is not where you tell someone to take a hike, because that will not cause world peace.
0: Well, you can tell them to go in peace, and then maybe you're kind of doing both. Also Uh,
1: this week is Have a Bad Day Day.
0: (laughs) So yeah, set that off until Thursday. Um, Wednesday is the Occult Day, which is kind of ironic, because occult means hidden. So they're having a big public celebration of hidden things And Thursday is the Great American Smokeout. If you smoke now and you want to quit, I will be happy to help you. (laughs) I will be happy to give you encouragement because I've known people who've died from cancer.
1: Me too. So
0: Great American Smokeout.
1: And it is Native American Heritage Month and National Adoption Awareness Month. Yes. In Happenings, the 3rd Annual Carbondale Community Arts University Artists and Civic Engagement, Envisioning Carbondale's Creative Community. Between November 12th and 14th, Carbondale Community Arts will facilitate public discussions, workshops, and lectures that explore the role of artists in Carbondale, identify the community needs, and engage creative people in collaborations for improving quality of life through art. All their events are free and open to the public. For more information, go to Carbondale Community Arts website.
0: Yeah, and it got started last night. I heard it went pretty well, and it's still going on today and tomorrow.
1: And I did remember also still the community Thanksgiving dinner is tonight at Irma Hay Center from 4 to 6 p.m., and that is free and open to the public, and a bunch of different organizations are putting that together. Food. Hmm. And it's community with a capital U. Community.
0: <laughs> yes, bringing unity to the community. Also coming up this weekend, we have the Farmer's Market, coming up on Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon at the Carmedale Community High School. Now, they've got all sorts of f- fresh local produce there. They've still got the Double Up Food Bucks program. At, that's where you, if you have Linker snap, you can spend that on food and you get twice the value out of it.
1: And they've moved inside, so it's the beginning of the winter farmer's market.
0: Yeah, all sorts of great things going on at the farmer's market.
1: The Labyrinth Autumn Workday. All are welcome to Demolition Day. <laughs> Why is it called Demolition Day? They are planning to restore the landscape by getting rid of the exotic plants, and going for natives. So that's this Saturday at 1 p.m. at the Labyrinth Peace Park. It will be a big job and need big-hearted folks to come with tools, trucks, and a lot of energy. Okay, maybe just enough energy for a couple hours, Mm -hmm. but a lot of energy.
0: Yeah, a lot of energy, and water and pets on the back will be available for those who help.
1: This Saturday, 1 o'clock, at the Labyrinth Peace Park just north of the Gaia House Interface Center.
0: Yes, it'll be a good time. Also coming up this Saturday, and also a good time, the I Can Read Annual Fundraiser. The legacy must go on. It's coming up on Saturday from 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. at the Carboneo Elks Lodge, 220 West Jackson. I Can Read Annual Fundraiser is coming up, and it's, uh, the su- suggested attire for the evening is denim and diamonds, Tickets are $35. This year's event will feature a soul food buffet, silent auction, and soul entertainment. The proceeds from this event will be used for I Can Read program operations. And it's really a, a great program. Like reading, we tend to take it for granted if we know how to read. But I get so much learning and enjoyment. I don't. Reading. You see what my shirt says? <laughs> oh, yeah. It says reading is sexy.
1: Yeah. And you can read it.
0: <laughs> yes, like... I can read it. So now I know reading is sexy. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's such a good... And it's good to encourage children at a young age to not just to be able to read, but to enjoy reading as well.
1: I, I highly recommend, it doesn't show here, the, the band lineup. It's a lot of really good local old-timer musicians who you know, will come out of retirement to play.
0: Yeah, so this may be your only chance to hear some of these classics. So once again, it's Saturday, 6 p.m. to midnight at the Carbone Elks Lodge.
1: The New Humanist Forum, Religious Humanism in the 21st (laughs) Century. Sunday, November 15th, 1215 at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. Again, that's this Sunday, the New Humanist Forum. The New Humanist Forum is a member-led group devoted to exploring together all the many facets of what it means to be fully human.
0: All right, coming up on Tuesday, we've got, (coughs) excuse me, Carbondale and Thanksgiving. It's Tuesday, November 17th at 7 p.m. at the Carbondale Muslim Center, 530 North Wall Street. Join us in giving thanks and celebrating the diversity of our many faith traditions. There will be prayers, readings, and music shared by area faith groups. This year's event will also feature Thanksgiving reflections by participants at the 2015 Parliament of the World's Religions held in Salt Lake City, Utah.
1: Can you imagine, I mean... I don't know how many tens of thousands of people came together at this event. Yeah. But it was people from all the world's religions, from all over the world, you know, in one place, working and figuring out and doing workshops on how to make the world better.
0: Yeah, and it was in the US this year, which was a big help to people locally who wanted to go. Um, We did have a few people go a few years ago, because this only happens once every few years. And we had, I think, three local people go last time, but this time we had a bunch.
1: Yeah, over 30, I heard. Yeah. You know, so um, learn about that. And um, please bring a canned good to the celebration as the canned goods and financial offerings will support Good Samaritan Ministries. And there will be a reception immediately following the service. On Tuesday, November 17th at 8 p.m., Transpoetic Playground at the Guy House Interface Center. Transpoetic Playground meets at Guy House on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Did you know that this was the capital of poetry? <laughs> is that what they call it?
0: Yes, we are a city of poets.
1: So that is next Tuesday.
0: Yes, and coming up not this Friday, not today, but next Friday is at Cousin Andy's Amy Kucharik. It is Friday, November 20th at 8 p.m. at Yellow Moon Cafe in Cobden. Amy Kucharik returns to Cousin Andy's at the Yellow Moon. Amy is a gal from Heron who now makes her home in Somerville, Massachusetts, where she, when she's not touring nationally. Her sweet, innocent ukulele playing sounds complement her dark humor and wit and a danceable swing beat. So the show starts at 8 p.m. over at Yellow Moon Cafe. Suggested donation, $10. It's always a good time to listen to some good folk.
1: Now, this wasn't on our calendar, but I do want to mention that Today is the 24 Hours of Reality. Oh, yeah. The Climate Reality Projects, basically, if you... It starts at 12 o'clock Eastern Time, right here, today, and then it's 24 hours of reality and live Earth. That means if you go to Climate Reality Project, I think it's .org, yep, .org. Yeah. It will have concerts basically you can watch it live an hour and then they'll switch to another location in a different hour and go all the way around the globe and it's concerts and speeches and talks all about making the world a better place
0: yeah and so. i think there was a miami segment coming up uh, on i think 5 p.m today maybe i don't have it in front of me but the, yeah there is some focus on the u.s but then you can also depending on what time you tune in You can find out what's going on in any part of the world.
1: I mean, some of the performance will be Farrell, Elton John, uh, Mumford & Son, Neil Young, uh, Bon Jovi, Duran Duran. um, Anyway, those are the people I know, the Mm -hmm. other people. There's a lot of other people that um, you probably know, but I don't. So (laughs) I just highlighted the ones I knew. So climaterealityproject.org slash 24 hours of reality and a global day of action and music to celebrate progress across continents and send a clear message to world leaders. Take climate action now.
0: Yeah. That's one of those things where ideally we would have 365 days of reality, but you've got to have at least 24 hours of reality. We
1: don't want to be punched in the face with that much reality. <laughs> this, yeah. is like, this is like fun and exciting real
0: yeah reality in small doses <laughs> Just so 24 hours of reality
1: you have been listening to your community spirit on your community radio this is ord energy mon and this is tree song and we will see you again on the radio next week send us an email info at your thank you for listening